Hi, I'm Behomet. And I'm Jesse. Welcome to the monologues. This week on the monologues, we have a game from Romero Games in Empire of Sin and a beer from Goose Island Beer Co. in their 312 Lemonade Shandy. All right, and before we get those cracked open, let's just do a little shout out. If you guys would be so kind, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, the monologues page on Facebook and at the monologues on Instagram. That would be great. Let's uh, let's get these beers cracked open. And don't forget, wherever you've downloaded this podcast, do give us a like, rate, and review. Subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Yes, please. All right. And just so you know, I don't get to use the Infinity Gauntlet with this can, so I at least broke out the uh, Star Wars glass. I was going to say, did you at least get a glass? Yes, yes, yes. I've got a glass for these. I think it's fitting. It's. I don't know why this tells me it needs to be in a glass. It's a shandy. Why does it need to be in a glass? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something about the ice cold chain in a glass. It just sounds good. I don't know. I This one I was feeling in a glass. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, it does look great in a glass. I mean, it just looks like a, a nice lemonade with a real good head on it. I actually really enjoy that. About two or three drinks right there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really, really good. It's, it's kind of hazy, a little bit hazy. It's a uh, kind of a uh, darker golden uh, yellow, wouldn't you say? It's a little bit, almost kind of like a burnt gold color. It's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you can, it kind of reminds me of the wheat beer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You see that in it for sure. Uh, and then it just has that haze, like the lemonade probably, you know, that, I mean, it, it looks good. Well, it's hazy, like a unfiltered wheat, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they got this from, right? Is This is a cross between a lemonade shandy and their 312 uh, wheat ale, right? Correct. Before we get too much into their history and where they've come in the last 20-some years, we'll um, let's go ahead and break into this game, Empire of Sin. All right, so we know the game name. The developers were Romero Games. Yes. And I actually didn't get a lot, like a big chance to look at those. I do see that they favor strategy games, at least that's what it looked like to me. But this was, again, uh, I got mine on the Xbox Game Pass, but it looked like it had multiple platforms. I even believe I saw Switch. Yeah, so this was a game that was available on multiple platforms. Uh, I did see it available for PC, uh, Mac, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Switch. A good variety out there and available. Um, I did get mine uh, as Xbo- on Xbox as well. Uh, that's where I demoed it as well. Uh, could have downloaded it for PC since it was available on Game Pass. That's where we sampled it through. Would like to see how the controls play out on PC because this game... Being a strategy game is complex. There's a lot of detail in this game. It's a strategy game. So it's a little bit different take on a strategy game. It's a it's a strategy RPG game. It's it's a cross between just a straight strategy game and kind of like an RPG where you've got to do some missions and follow a quest line in some of it. So it's kind of a it's kind of a unique take on a strategy game. And it's got some different uh uh, different flows to maybe some combat elements that are in there. Uh, it's got some X, XCOM style battles that take place where you're, it's a turn-based combat style where you have to hide, take cover, and uh, target your enemies. So it, it's a pretty unique game. I will totally jump into that. Let's uh, come back to the beginning when you start off. So this this game, Empire of Sin, so we, we picked this because the setting is Chicago, mob stop, and Goose Island is from Chicago. And so that's kind of where our pairing begins. And in this game, you have, what would you say? I, I actually did not count, so you can shoot me for that. But what is it, like 10 options for gangsters to start with? 16. 16, okay. There's 16 different bosses, yeah. 
Oh, there was quite quite a bit more than I realized. Yeah, you had to choose your own crime boss to start off with, who, who you want to be. And those crime bosses are, some of them are completely fictional crime bosses, and some of them are real crime bosses that they have fictionalized for the game, right? So you have Alphonse Capone in there as one yep. of your crime bosses. Um, but then, you know, some of them are just random people that they've made up. So who did you pick as your crime boss for the playthrough? I believe it was Daniel McKee Jackson or McCree Jackson, something like that. And I don't really know what made me pick him. I looked through, I think he just looked opposite. I don't know. He just, something about him stood out. So that's who I went with. And so you start off as that, and you know, you, you brought up the computer element. I absolutely believe this game was meant for the computer. Like with, I don't know if you noticed, if you click in the, was it like a L3, if you push in the left joystick, you could actually change your toggle deal to a mouse pointer on the Xbox. So there, there was an update, I think between the time when we first started playing this game and just uh, about a week ago uh, was when that update came out that kind of changed some of the interface. And I don't know because of where uh, you are and how your internet is. And I don't know how often you update your games, but my, my just my Xbox constantly updates. So I automatically got that update and it kind of threw me off because when I first started playing the game, I was seeing it just like that. And on the screen, you have like tabs that you can click and open up different sections. So like you can open up an empire view, you can open up a, uh, an alcohol view. So you can see different things about what your empire is doing or what your, uh, you know, what your alcohol, uh, production and, uh, what you are serving to your customers in your rackets are, uh, is, but you could open that all from just the main page where you're looking at your character in this Sim city esque view, right? Where you've kind of got a uh, character where you're just running around a city. Uh, but you could all open that up if you clicked on, if you pushed uh, down on the L3 button, you could switch over to a mouse pointer and you could click up on those tabs instead of hitting the left bumper and then going in the wheel and then choosing it from the wheels. I thought that was a lot more intuitive being a, a hardcore PC player. Uh, I thought it was more intuitive originally, but then when they flipped it and I got used to going into the wheel mode, I got a lot more used to just using the wheel selector as the selector for my menus. And they got rid of that entire interface. I don't know if you ever got that update, but yeah, they, they removed that ability to to have the cursor on your screen where you're selecting elements. The only cursor you have is where you can, uh, or the only cursor I had in the end is where I could actually, uh, tell my character where to move to or characters where to move to. I could, I could point them and have them move to different areas and have them perform different actions, but I stopped being able to interact with the interface. Huh? That's, Strange, because I did have an update, unless there was another one I missed. I did have an update because I thought was thought that was kind of weird. I didn't expect that. But I was still in the in the tabs to read over stuff. It still let me go into that pointer view. So maybe I missed that another update. I'm not really sure on how that worked. But I only did it because I struggled early on um, trying to figure out how to switch what alcohol one of my breweries was producing because they wanted something like premium. Mm-hmm. And I had upgraded my stuff, but I could not, I couldn't switch over to it. It was like struggling. Like I was f- kind of frustrated. But I still felt like, you know, to, to my original statement that I, I think this game PC is where it's at. Like, and I don't know if that's because of how much they put into, like you said, it is a very complex game and uh, a lot of reading, a lot of watching things. I mean, the game's complex, which we'll get into like some of the buggy stuff that we had. I think that's why it was a little bit buggier is because there is a lot. I would say data. That's I mean, I could be wrong. But that's a lot of data being crunched as you're playing because there's always something going on. And so you're this mob boss and you're starting out your gangster business, whether it's, you know, your rackets and they, they'll tell you, you kind of have like a tutorial guy that, that helps you at the beginning. And I don't know if it's the same for 
every player that you pick. Uh, I don't remember the char- the name of my character. That's like your little tutorial guy, but he's like he a taxi driver. Through. Yeah. He drives you into town, right? Did he drive you yeah, into town? I don't think town? that was mine. I think mine was something no? different. Yeah. Okay. So my guy that introduced me that that was my narrator for like all my tutorials was like a taxi driver who was trying to get my story out of me as he's driving me into Chicago. So my guy is not from Chicago. He's uh, I chose um, uh, Salazar Reina. Uh, so from Dude, I think ours were very different. I don't believe that happened to me at all, unless I just like completely <laughs> bra- like deleted that from my memory. I don't remember any of that. So like I said, this Mine is a was different like type- another mob guy. Yeah, this is a different type of strategy game. This is a strategy RPG game, and the RPG aspect comes from it in that what I under what my understanding of it is is each boss has their own gameplay. They have their own events that happen to them. So each of the stories for each of the bosses is completely unique. So until you play all sixteen bosses, and I believe they're uh, launching a new uh, DLC here soon, until you uh, which comes with new bosses. Until you play all of the bosses, you've not played all of the game that there is. Okay, so riddle me this. So the main storyline I got at the beginning of this is my guy's trying to become a city councilman. Is that the same for you? No, not at all. No, that's very interesting. Wow. Yeah, so my guy uh, is fleeing Los Angeles after having just uh, left there out of from mysterious circumstances. They they don't go a lot into his backstory, but you get the uh, the idea that Everyone that he knew is now dead, and he is the reason that they are all dead. That is super interesting to me and and kind of intrigues me a little bit more about this game because I really didn't think it'd be that different. And you kind of mentioned that when we talked the other night um, that you thought we'd be very different storylines, but I didn't realize the uh, gravity of that. Yeah, that's nothing like how mine played out at the beginning. I wanted to kind of ask you about how your gameplay was going, but I knew that there was some differences in how the bosses played or how the stories of the bosses went. So I didn't know exactly what I could and couldn't talk to you about knowing I, I may be talking about something that what I, w- that wasn't necessarily in your playthrough. Like one of my main storylines is I had to help uh, somebody named ZZ uh, rescue her brother from the lodge. Oh yeah. Nothing, nothing like that at all. And uh, the lodge was the, were the people that I was fleeing from in uh, Los Angeles who uh, took in somebody who's very close to my guy in Los Angeles and they took him in and he turned on my guy back in Los Angeles and he killed basic, my guy, I guess basically went and killed everybody uh, and then fled to Chicago. And so everything's happening to him again in Chicago. Wow. And so that's kind of the storyline behind him. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty cool storyline. No, that is super cool. That is nothing like mine. My guy's practically fighting for like city council and this guy's kind of, dicking him around a little bit um like the the mayor whoever keeps kind of using him and you got to make decisions based off that uh but you know you start so you start these rackets and the you i almost felt like it would be easy to be overwhelmed in this game um you kind of had to just at least the way i took it i had to tackle one thing at a time because it seemed like the minute i got out of even like the original tutorial they're just like constantly i was like boom boom like pushing you like stuff popping up to that was happening whether it would be to one of my rackets and, you know, I, I did like that, too. I didn't understand at the beginning that you could find, um, like, more, like, thug-ran buildings to take over. So, like, the first thing I did was I actually started a war with another faction, <laughs> a gang, because I was like, I gotta, t- I need somewhere to, like, make another racket. And so I just went into, like, what looked like a lower-leveled one and fought. Uh, and so, you know, we talked about, we didn't really get too much into the battle part of it. So you get 
you know, you get some companions and I had, and it's kind of cool. You can like rename them and stuff and they have their own kind of backstory. And I don't know if this happened to you, but they can romance each other a little bit too. Yes. Uh, and so that kind of affects their gameplay a little bit. And you have, there's a lot to this game. Like, I mean, but in a good way, uh, I felt like there was definitely like a lot going on from the characters and equipment to the battling to like the worldview. Cause you know, like you said, that since that, um, I would say Sim City like view, you could go from being like right above your character to zooming out to where you're looking at like the city. Yeah. And it wasn't until I really zoomed out and saw and scrolled over some of the buildings and I'd already started that war. So I just went with it. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't remember the name of the gang. It was like the artist's wrists or something, but they were like pissed off as shit at me because I went in and killed some of their people and took their building. Yeah. And then it was cheaper to keep it what it was. Right. So I think that one was a... So I had the safe house, the speakeasy, the brewery. I think my fourth, I think it was, hmm, it, I think it might've been another brewery. I'm pretty sure it was another brewery because that's what saved me. So part of my storyline was that mayor that's kind of holding you hostage almost for this position. I you kind of get the vibe he's behind it, but all of a sudden cops come in and take your main brewery over, which is kind of like the uh, life source for your rackets is alcohol because guys, this is during the mob. So or during like, you know, gangster area prohibition area. So like alcohol is a big thing. So like I had that second brewery that was barely producing anything. So my weekly income dropped like drastically. I think I was losing money at that point. Um, but yeah, I started that war like super early with those. And I had companions. That's the only reason I was able to do it. Uh, and so the, the, I've been like waiting all week to say this, but the combat is so much like, mario rabbit's kingdom from switch it's unreal <laughs> like it is so much like it it blows my mind so you go into this action grid when combat starts and you know it takes an action point to move a certain distance if you move too far it takes two action points and then your abilities take action points and you can shoot and like you said you can duck and there's like half cover full cover behind things but on switch on mario rabbit's kingdom they even caught like i'm not saying that anybody really copied but they even have like one of the same abilities where i think on Empire of Sin, it was called Overreach, and I can't remember what it was called on Mario Rabbit's Kingdom, but if someone goes in front of your, if someone moves in front of your view, you auto-shoot. Overwatch. Okay, Overwatch. And that's just like in the, in Mario Rabbit's Kingdom, dude, Mario does the same thing. But I did like it. I did like, I'd like the whole game so far. I have to say that uh, I think Romero Games maybe did crib some ideas from uh, some different, some other, some games. Uh, because the reason why I picked the guy that I went I'm with, I'm opening a second one. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm about there as well. So they're good. Yeah, they're they're not bad. Uh, these are definitely like super drinkable. Hot day. I I just got done mowing the lawn, so uh, <laughs> these are just going down like water. There's enough beer flavor left in these two that make me really like them because it's not like a super fruity shandy where you're not getting any beer. There's a good little beer taste to it, also. Yeah. So you were saying? Sorry to interrupt you, sir. Ah, right, you're good. So I was saying, uh, the reason why I went with, uh, Salazar was, so every boss has a unique, uh, combat move that they can do, right? Correct. I don't know what your, your boss's combat move what was, but Salazar's, uh, combat move was, uh, oh, I forgot the name of it, but it was basically Reaper's Death Blossom. Uh, he, he dual okay. wields pistols, spins in a circle and shoots everybody in range. Okay, so mine was he unloads a he unloads the gun into somebody, and if they die before the gun's out of ammo, he switches to the next target, and every person he kills reduces the cooldown to be able to use it again. Oh, nice! And so, like the best, the best I got off with it was I was able I did kill three people, 
uh, in one go with it, which was, as you know, in the combat system, usually you're not really fighting more than like, well, okay, I never really fought more than six people. So that was like huge when I did it. Yeah. Um, and it was actually once I discovered that you could find those thug ran buildings instead of gang ran buildings. I went into one of those and practically, I think there was four guys in there and I dropped the first three like instantly. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it was kind of pure luck the way it worked out. Um, but you said that something about that update. One thing I caught was they changed after that update how frequently I could use that ability. I did yes. catch that. Yep. Um, yeah, that was one of the big updates. Oh my gosh, it reduced it a lot. Like I can't use it hardly ever now. Now I have to kill like nine people before I can use it again. So it requires you to kill three people before it triggers the ability to use it again. Even if it goes on cooldown, like so you, you use it, it goes on cooldown, whatever its cooldown time is, plus you have to kill three people between then and whenever it comes off cooldown. So like not only do you have your cooldown to wait, but now you have like you have to kill three more people in order to get it back up. For anybody that has played Overwatch and played Reaper and watched the hundreds of play of the games that they get for bang, 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 bang. Uh, if Polly listens to this, he'll really appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's a really good, uh, that's a really good, um, what would you say, mob boss ability to have. Yeah. Yeah, my, my guys was cool, but I, I haven't got to use it ever since that update. I rarely have got to use it now, to be honest with you. I ended up using mine because uh, Salazar also had uh, the um, hair trigger, uh, I guess, trait. And so anytime somebody in his uh, party went below 25% health, he randomly starts going off and doing his own thing. And I would have his boss ability up at that point a lot of time. And so he would just randomly use it on his own. Nice. Yeah. No, he would just use it by himself without me using it. Not, not, not necessarily in the best situations. Like it would just be one person and he'd be there and just blow it on him. I'm like, eh, well, freaking wasted. But yeah, it didn't ever cost me anything. It just bad timing. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, the combat, I, it's not, um, it's not unwanted. I mean, I, I do like that. It's, it's that weird, you know, like Final Fantasy tactics, action grid move. The old Fallout games were like that. Fallout 1 and 2 on computer were like that, um, you know, where it's like, you know, your, your screen becomes practically like a big chessboard in a sense. So I will kind of a little bit disagree with you on this. How many racks do you end up going, getting in the end? Uh, do you know about how many? Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but it, I last I checked, it was like 12 or 13 rackets, I think is what I had going. Yeah, so I ended up with 40. Holy buckets. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I ended up with 40 is because I didn't initiate gang wars. Other people declared war on me. And um, so this is a problem I have with all strategy games I play. Um, when there's a war ability, I don't, I don't like, I don't like doing the war thing. I think that's the cheap way out. Like nukes are the nukes are the end all. Like if you can just race to war, uh, that's the easy way in any strategy game. Uh, that's usually the easiest path to victory in any strategy game you play. So I don't like to take those paths. I like to try to figure ways around that, use a little bit of diplomacy, a little bit of deceit, a little bit of things to get around that and use some strong arming to back those up. I don't, you know, it's not the... I, I don't back away from it, but it's not my primary method. So what I do though, is for the people who do attack me, I am petty and ruthless. So people would attack me and I would make sure that I took every single one of their rackets until they had none left. I would go and hunt them down in every neighborhood they lived in and took every racket until they had zero. Then I would allow them to declare truce. And uh, they would have no rackets left and have a hard time rebuilding racket. I actually really appreciate that. <laughs> That's awesome. I ended up wiping out uh, four. I, I didn't 
I probably could have gone in and taken out the bosses altogether. I just didn't want to deal with that at this point. I was just kind of playing through the game to play through the game more than anything. I wasn't trying to actually, I don't know, take over everything at at that point. But uh, I probably could have taken out those four bosses once I got them down to zero rackets. Yeah, I I ended up getting four, four factions all the way down to zero rackets and then would allow them to call truce. And let them just go run off and squalor. Well, I've got like ten thousand plus dollars coming in per week and forty rackets rolling in all this money. So yeah, so you actually got a, a lot farther advanced than I was, uh, which yeah, is awesome that's just to hear. Be- like the that's just because I was grinding through all of the combat. That's where I was going to say I disagree with a, a little bit on the combat was all right. Like I think it was just a little bit too much combat. Like I didn't initiate any of that combat initially. They declared war on me. I'm the one who followed through with wiping out them. Yes. And they did ask me for a truce <laughs> in the long, like they did ask me for a truce long before I did end up taking all of their rackets. Yeah. I, I'll give you all of that. It was hey, me being petty, but. Well, they bit off more than they could chew. And that's just the one, that's what happens. For Get sure. down. Exactly. No, I, I like that. Make an I like example. Got to put them down. Yeah. Um, no, I like that. Um, no, right. So I didn't run into, man, I feel like. That you said you didn't initiate that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. From the minute I got that tutorial, dude, it's like something was happening before I could even get a forward thought, like where I wanted to go or what I was going to work on next. Dude, it seems like stuff was always popping up, whether it's someone was attacking me or, yeah, you know, asking me for a sit down or whatever. That stuff came at you nonstop. At least that's how I felt. How often now, did you use the time pause button? Because, okay, so that's the one other bad oh, side I didn't, is. I, maybe I didn't discover the time pause button because that doesn't even sound familiar. Yeah, so you can pause time. Like you can okay, stop. That there's help. only there's only two modes in time in this game, and this is the unfortunate thing about a real time strategy game is there's only two speeds of time: stopped and the speed that it goes. That's it. And it moves quick. Yeah, it moves fast. It moves very, it does, very it moves, fast. And maybe I would almost say I would almost say a little too fast, at least for me, the way I was playing, because I did not pause time, and I always had stuff kind of distracting me from whatever I, my goal was. Because stuff was always popping up. Right. When you had to run around the city into different neighborhoods, especially when you're early on and you don't have a bunch of uh, under a bunch of henchmen and you can send them off to do different things without your main boss, when your your main boss has to be everywhere, it's moving entirely too fast. They need to have multiple speeds for the game. Or you need to be really handy on the time pause button because literally that's all I, that's where I spend most of my time is paused in time. And straightening up stuff. Yes. Going back. I like, could see that. Yeah, so the only time I'm not paused is when I'm going into a fight. Other than that, I'm looking for my next action while time is paused, and I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do next as I'm trying to figure out, oh, am I going to go yeah, over well, here? Yeah, because you, you had, you know, you, so you, we talk about the rackets. So you had, um, what, hotels, casinos, speakeasies, uh, brothels, breweries, mm-hmm. and your safe house. Did mm-hmm. I miss anything? No, I think that's it. And all of those had... Multiple things that could be upgraded from the ambience or whatever to deflecting, which was about the cops, which I do like that they were considered their own kind of gang. Yeah. Like when you went into the factions, they, they were not like a separate thing. They were another faction. You could interact with them a little differently, but they were still like a gang faction. And I don't know about you, but I was bribing them anytime it popped up. I only bribed them one time, I think. Uh, I only had the opportunity to bribe them one time. They they um, they came into my one of my breweries one time. Uh, I threw them a thousand dollars, and they never came around again. Oh, see, I I was um, preemptive, and don't I really don't know why? Because I, as soon as I saw, and I think it's just me messing around. That's kind of what I do is I just kind of like you know search and find things and so on. You talking about that spin wheel? The factions tab, I believe, was like the bottom right. I could be mistaken on that, but 
I clicked on that and I was scrolling through them and I saw that cops, the, the cops were on there and I went, oh, you can offer a bribe. I was like, to do, you know, to like help your situation with them or whatever you're standing with them. I was like, screw it, I'll just go and do it now. So I would just like periodically, I bet I bribed them four or five times, not even like from them coming in on me, just like randomly I would be in that town like, wow, I better go throw them, throw them their weekly bone so they'll leave me alone. And I think the most I ever gave them was like two or three grand, but Typically, I would just do a couple hundred dollars, just enough to leave them, get them like to leave me alone. And they never did mess with me, so it must have worked. Yeah. See, my strategy with that was, especially towards the end, if I go back and, and continue playing this, it, I'll probably get to this point here pretty soon because I think over the course of maybe 15, 20 minutes, I, I ended up with like twenty or thirty thousand um, dollars. My my strategy with them was to wait until I had the hundred thousand dollar leave me alone. Uh, turn the other way money because that was the other option with their faction, right? If you had a hundred grand, you could give them that and they would uh, turn their eye for everything in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that option on there, but it, it looked like it scaled with how big your situation was because mine was not set at a hundred grand. I think mine was at like 50,000 or something. Oh, really? Yeah. So it must up based off how much you own. Or how, you know, of the neighborhood would be my guess. Yeah, maybe it is neighborhood based. Uh, I haven't checked it in a while. I was just aiming for that $100,000 uh, mark. Uh, so maybe I need to go back and take a look at that again and see if it's there. <laughs> yeah, see, it might be way higher now. I don't know. It sounds like yeah. you have 40 rackets. Gee, many Christmas, dude. Yeah, I just need to start shutting people down. I didn't get that far, but I also didn't pause time. That sounds like that would have been genius. I Like I said, I was always trying to like straighten stuff out and get my stuff in order. And then all of a sudden, I'd be like, okay, now it's time to go take over another building. And by the time I did that, I'd get outside and they're like, oh, this person wants to meet you. And so that was the thing you do. You could sit down with other gang leaders. And I will say this from playing multiple RPG games, you didn't have a lot of options on how you could respond. No, it was pretty much a, yeah, I'll do what you want or a fuck you. I mean, excuse my language, but that was practically when you boiled down the responses, that was what you had to work with. Yeah, it, it wasn't. Uh, well, mine was a little bit more varied. So, uh, my guy, he didn't like to talk much. He didn't say a whole lot. Uh, so unless you specifically went in to choose the options to try to get him to t say more, he wouldn't say more. Like he would just, let's get to business. <laughs> that was basically his, his normal resp response to everything. Um, but you could get him to actually say a little bit more, uh, sometimes, but typically he was just wanting to, to get into why are you, why am I here? What, am, what are you wanting to do? Uh, let's, let's do business. That's it. Uh, I'm not trying to talk to you about anything. The whole stats thing for your characters. So, so you're. You're the small boss, you're making rackets, you're fighting other gangs, you're dealing with the RPG elements, um, and you're practically, your your goal is to take over like all of Chicago and be like the top dog, Al Capone, whoever, however you want to look at it. There were some things, little things I thought I really <laughs> like enjoyed. So one of my things popped up this, I need to meet this random person. And so I was like, okay, like I'll, it's on the way, like I'll run down there, no big deal. And so I ran down there and I talked to this person who ends up being a journalist and how you, you can kind of answer her questions however you want to, mm -hmm. but you, it gave you like a step. Did you run into this? Yeah. Yeah. I think this part's a little bit the same. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of neat. And I had like, so we, you know, we did talk a little bit about this game before recording. And we did talk like both of us, it seems like ran into some bugs, a little bit of glitchy issues. Yeah. One of mine led me to restart before that happened. And so I was like, I'll play with it and see what it changes. And I didn't see a big difference, but the, um, but the points it gave me, you know, I think it gave me like more leadership points, but I went back and answered those questions like as brutally as I could. <laughs> like the first time I was like, ah, oh, you know, 
uh, yeah, I'm just here to do this, blah, blah, blah. And when I went back, it's like, why did you end up here? And I was like, oh, I stabbed two people with a screwdriver in the back of the head and got away with it or something crazy like that. Yeah. So I went back and it changed a whole lot. But there was just little things like that I thought were pretty unique about the story. Like, I say unique, I really cool or interesting. And like the fact that you had such a different intro or whatever, I thought, I think that's really cool too. Like I never would have guessed there was that much difference in the storyline. It, it kind of does make me want to give some of the other bosses a little bit of a try just to see how they play, um, just to see what their stories are um, just to see how different they can make the the game feel when you play different play through so the only thing that's not um, gener- generated on the fly from my understanding every time you start up a new game is the story of the boss that you choose right the story of the boss that you choose is kind of the story that's bound to the boss but other than that the maps that you go into are all generated for each gameplay so the the buildings and where the businesses are are all random the um the enemy factions that you have to face are all random and then the underlings the henchmen that you can hire um those are all random people uh that are all there that uh, except for i think two um, that's the first two that you can get. Um, did, did you get Maria and Hank is your first two henchmen yes. people? Yeah. So those yes. are the first two that you always get Maria and Hank. And the reason why they make them the first two is because that Hank can fall in love with Maria over time. Yeah. Mine, they were for me. And Hank hates Maria's lover and Maria's already got a lover when she comes into the game. So underlings have their own relationships with underlings. So they have people that they work with, that they get along with. They have people that they love. They have people that they hate. So they have people that they will and won't work with. They have people that they will fight and they have people that they won't fight against. So like I've read that if you go into a a fight and you have somebody on your team and you're fighting against somebody whose lover is on the other side, they'll just bail. Really? I didn't, okay. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. You'll lose a henchman in your fight because they got a lover on the other side. And as you go, I think you build the characteristics and stories of the the henchmen throughout the gameplay. So however you treat your hench people, they they form their own opinions, they form their own uh, actions, they they form their own personalities based on how you treat your people. So I think both of a storyline. I think we both are kind of intrigued by the storyline. I would say we're both going to say that's that's a good positive review for the storyline. Yeah. Music and sound effects. How did you feel about that? Because I I think you'd said something uh, about the jazz music or something <laughs> that update fixed yeah. that problem i was gonna say i never did run into an annoyance with the music i didn't i mean, wasn't saying it was like breathtaking or anything like that but it was fine like i it was good background noise i think before the update they had uh, uh, maybe it's it was either the update or it's super early in the game but okay so this game is set in the 1920s specifically the year 1920 is the year that you start off in and so all of the uh it's not even uh I guess it's just over stereotypicalized banter and sounds. The music is in this game. Like the way people talk sounds like you think people should talk in the 1920s, whether or not they actually spoke like that. Uh, the music was a bit much. It was a bit over the top when I first started playing the game. Like it, it got to the point where early on I was like, man, this is a little bit, it, it was quaint at first because it was trying to get you into the feel of the game. But as you kept going, everybody running around yelling, see, is just annoying enough to, <laughs> to drive me away from the game. I didn't, I didn't even catch that. I want to, man, that's so different. I wonder if it's a little bit has to do with the boss that you pick because I did not catch a lot of that. Oh man. Just that. Ah, see, it was <laughs> like that, it, but it's not, I mean, 
it was just overdone. It was, it was a little bit too overdone. It got better. It wasn't that much. Uh, it, it got, it got worse into other parts, like the amount of cussing in the game. It's a gangster game. Uh, I'm yeah, you can expect a fair amount of cursing. There's blood everywhere. Uh, gore everywhere. Uh, you can slit people's throats and it's on the you kill someone in combat. It is, it is gory. Yeah. I mean, if you, you get up close with a shotgun, you know, you got him with a shotgun. Yeah. Not, not that the graphics, you know, we haven't touched into that subject a whole lot, but graphically it's not like breaking any records for sure. I didn't see how it looked on PC on the Xbox. It definitely doesn't look that great. It looks like. To me, it looks just like SimCity quality on Xbox yeah, it's or not, PlayStation. It's not that it's great. It's not really. No, it's, the graphics are not high rated for me. And not even, even if they wouldn't have been, you know, like some games do a good job of kind of cheating the system on, you know, you got like Zelda Wind Waker and some of the cell shaded stuff. You can kind of cheat it with different styles that, you know, and colors, but no, there was nothing. And this looks like a, this reminds me of an older PC game just based off the color and the graphic scheme that they had running, which is why I said everything about it, the tabs, the, when you can change it to the mouse pointer, how much reading and different like things were going on. It reminds me of a PC game through and through. Did you look at any of the gameplay footage though? Uh, what do you mean? So like online, have you seen any of the gameplay footage like on their actual website or anything? No, no, I haven't. When you, when you go to Romero games, the first thing that pops up is like a street view. If you go to their website, it's like a street view of what looks like Empire of Sin. Yes. You know, with street cars driving and it just looks like a Looks like a PC game to me. It looks a lot better. And I'm thinking, I'm betting that's taken off of the P- the PC renderings or maybe direct from engine renderings versus right. what is done on the Xbox. It, because it definitely doesn't even look that good on the Xbox. I'm, I'm looking at it over here on my other monitor right now. It it definitely doesn't look this good uh, playing it. No. I wish it did. I saw, I looked at that right before we got on to record. Just um, honestly, because I was trying to remember what other games that Romero Games has worked on. And I know it's strategy, but I, I don't have a list with me. But they have had other games, and I think I saw it correctly. They're out of Ireland. Is that correct? Out of Ireland, and I think they have started in 2015. Um, that I'm not actually sure about. I I really didn't dive too deeply into Romero themselves. Well, don't don't quote me on that then. But I know they've had people on their team that have worked on some big games like Doom and stuff. Um, but it wasn't from them. It's just people they've had on their team, and that could be 100 percent wrong on all of that. That's I think that's what I read a little bit ago. So. But so, you know, graphically, special effects, I mean, it's not, they don't have cutscenes really yet, that I was seeing. Um, I, did you run in any cutscenes? I didn't. No, the, like the only thing you would call a quote unquote cutscene would be like your sit downs with the other bosses and every right. sit down is in the exact same room. Every, every boss has the <laughs> yep. exact same fucking library, uh, yep. exact same yep. desk, exact same chair. So not a lot for special effects and a lot for graphics. I would say co- game concept. This is one of those game concepts. I feel like you come up with your friends and you're like, let's make a mob boss game where you're like your own mob boss and you build your own freaking, you know, gang in New York, in New York or Chicago. Like this is one of those concepts you would have sat down with your friends and you would love to make this game. You know what I mean? I think it's a great idea and a great concept for sure. Uh, not everybody puts it into action. And I, I you could, you could be a hundred percent different than me than this, but like, you know, we talk about like big MMOs and I remember sitting down with my friends, like wanting, wanting to make like a, you know, a survival RPG game, you know? And we've always had these great concepts or like a Pokemon online RPG game. They never go into action. Like they never happened. This to me is like someone took what I would have thought is like a really good idea and tried to turn it into a game. I think the concept's great. Uh, it's pretty niche. 
with the subject matter, um, the actual game itself, the concept I think is just crossing up enough different areas to be, uh, I don't know, to be cool and to be special. It, it does have like empire building mechanics. It does have standard RPG mechanics. It does have some XCOM combat mechanics to it. It it does have like all these weird little things to it that kind of make it Mario this holistic Rabbit Kingdoms. thing. <laughs> yeah. Mario Rabbit Kingdom's battle system. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I'm not, I'm definitely not making a dig at them because it's, you know, it's something different, but I'm just saying like the idea behind it it's not original, but it's something I would have always thought was cool. I've always been fascinated with mob boss stuff. I've always thought the the whole gangster prohibition area is awesome. All those are it's great. Cool subject matter for sure. For sure. And and, and I don't think they um maybe aren't maybe a bigger company could have done even more with this idea, but it like, you know, cliche fits this. Like it's a cliche idea. I'll I'll give it that. But I like it. It's yeah, I'm still gonna w- wanna be a part of it for sure. It's a cliche tone, I think, of uh the subject matter being in an empire builder is is pretty cool. I, I don't know that I've ever actually seen a good empire builder around specifically the nineteen twenties and that mob era. I don't know that's ever been done like this. You're talking about um, Empire Builder. I mean, if you mix like Civilization, Mario Rabbit Kingdoms, and a few other games, I mean, this is like what you would get, and then you just make yep, the sure. plot or the storyline a mob boss. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. fact that they took that that 1920s concept and applied it to an Empire Builder. Like typically, when you get an empire builder, they're talking about countries and or you mm-hmm. know large large areas. They've dialed this down into no, we're going to have you deal with small factions within 1920s Chicago. That that's what I think makes this really kind of cool and unique to empire builders. And so optimization, lots. And I'm just kind of going over some of the things we rate games with. And it wasn't just optimization with your actual rackets and what you name them and that stuff, but even down to your character and like what kind of gun you wanted to use and stuff you could equip and who you had on your team. So, I mean, I think there was a fair amount of optimization. Is that number three? Nice, sir. Nice. Yeah. Hold those fingers up. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Crack open that baby. I'm glad I gave you all three this time. Oh yeah. This is going down very easy. Well-earned treat after mowing the lawn. (laughs) Yeah. Yo, you actually were able to mow. I can't get it to stop raining up here long enough or at the same time have someone to watch the kids so I can freaking mow. Yeah. I don't, it's going to be a jungle before I get to, yeah. you know, we're leaving for Colorado in a week. And so I've got to hope sometime in the next couple of days, someone can watch these kids or something so I can mow. I mean, it's, it's going to be out of control soon. Yeah. I, I was pushing that edge there. I had to, uh, to get out there today. Uh, I've been, you know, battling actually making my lawn, you know, full and thick for like the last two years. Uh, that's the one downside of having a really well fertilized lawn and mm, I don't know, two weeks worth of rain, heavy rain. I've just got a freaking forest out there now. <laughs> oh yeah. I love Missouri's weather. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. It's great. But anyway, so yeah, no, I think the optimization was great value, obviously. So I don't, you know, if someone wants to go buy this on PC, I did not look up the price, but being on the game pass for us free, this, this was worth downloading. I, I do believe that a hundred percent. I'm, I've enjoyed um, the time I've put into it. And honestly, there was a few times like I wanted to play it. I couldn't, I was just busy, but I was like, man, I really want to get on there and check this stuff out. Other than the glitchy bug issues, it had me a little bit concerned. I think one of the times I saved it and went to get off of the game, my characters were stuck in combat and I actually don't know whatever triggered to get them out of combat. When I reloaded my game, they were still in combat. And so the, the, uh, he, what, Hugh, the tank or Hank, the tank or whatever you want to call him, um, him and that uh, Maria, dude, they would not follow me because they thought they were in combat inside my safe house. 
it was super frustrating. I honestly can't, I just kept messing with stuff till finally like they like followed me. I can't even remember what fixed it. I was very thankful though, because I thought I was going to have to like start a whole new game. Oh, that sucks. Or kill people in my safe house to get it to like disengage, mm-hmm. which wouldn't have been good either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ran into a few things. Um, I ran into, I had to reload a one. I couldn't get past a combat early on because on a hair trigger, and this was before the patch on a hair trigger, uh, that I couldn't, this was super early on. So I literally only, it was my boss, uh, Hank and Maria. So any boss fight or any fight I got into, I was going to take heavy damage and Hank was just going to take a lot of damage because he only had a shotgun. So he had to get up close and personal with people. Uh, so he's going to take a lot of damage. Uh, but every time he took a lot of damage, uh, Salazar and Maria both have hair trigger and their hair trigger abilities would, would activate. And for some reason, Maria would never come out of her turn after uh, triggering her hair trigger. She would hit that ability and then it would just never end her turn. I couldn't do anything. And I couldn't, I had to reload the game like four times in order to finally get the perfect playthrough where I just shoved Hank in the back corner and tried to get through the fight without Hank at all. So he didn't take any damage. That wasn't the only one. I ran into other issues too, um, where I had to end up restarting the, you know, making sure I had a good save and restarting the whole game just to get it to load and uh, start working properly. There's a lot of bugs uh, out there to be ran into, and it's just going to be just enough that if you didn't save uh, within the last 20, 30 minutes, it's going to be frustrating. Yeah, I would would honestly say going back, and I'm usually a person that saves multiple save points, which is funny because anybody that plays an RPG, I know I cannot be the only person that does this. You save a couple different ones because you're like, oh, I'll go back and play this differently if like maybe I'll change my mind. You never go back. Yeah. Never, ever do you go back to those save points. And this is one of the first games I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'll just play with what I got, whatever decision I make, I make, because this is our game we're reviewing. Who knows what I'll be playing soon. Exactly. Just in case. And so I didn't, and I kind of regretted that. So I would, I would give that advice to most people starting this game is maybe make a couple save points and hopefully they work some of these out. I don't don't know how much their, you know, cleanup crew is going to work on these bugs and stuff, but there are bugs. And even one time, like I had, um, I got stuck on that Hugh guy or whatever his name, Hank, whatever his name is. For some reason, I got clicked on him and he was the only one I was controlling. And it left my main guy and Maria behind. Mm-hmm. And so I went to, I was doing one of these deals where I was trying to um, take over another one of those thug ran buildings. He went in by himself and he was injured. Yeah. I didn't even try to combat. Combat, so you, you know, when you go, you click on those, it gives you an option to kind of do like an auto roll the dice to see how it's going to turn out. Yeah. Did you ever do any? those i did do one auto roll of the dice when i had like 80 86 chance to win okay so i never did that option um but i saw that that was an option most mine going in were always like below 70 percent. it was never a good option that that was my other frustration with the the combat mechanics is like so you get to go in when you first start a combat you get three options before you start the combat you get to see who's on the other side who your people are who has what weapons who has health where one of the options is you can go straight into the fight. Nice. Start number three. I'm going to make sure everybody hears that one. Sweet. These are good. Yeah, these are definitely great. But uh, so you can go straight into the fight or 
you can uh, look around the area to see what, you know, you're going uh, up against where everybody's at. I do like that option. That was cool, though, that you could see what we were walking into. Right. The middle option was you could just roll the dice and uh, it would give you a percentage to win. But like, even if your people, you knew like you're going against two guys and you you're rolling in there with a group of six and all of your guys are level two or higher, like my boss is like level seven or eight right now. Maria is like level three or four. Uh, Hank's level two or something like that. And then all, all my other guys are up there too. But we go in there with a group of two guys with like one level one, one level two. And it says we're only going to have like an 80% or 82% chance to win. Uh, no. That should be 100. I, I, I've got a 100% chance to win. Like I've only right. got some percent chance to take damage. That's my only, like I'm going to take <laughs> some damage. How much damage do I take? And that that is why I never did that option. So yeah. I rolled in there with him, him by accident, not really. Like he was the only one I was controlling, which shouldn't even have happened. Yeah. No clue how that happened. Yeah. Goes in there. He's got like 30% health because I hadn't healed him yet. And it was like, you have an 8% chance to win. Well, we'll won't let you back out once you get to that screen. Yep. Once you click that, you can, you're kind of just stuck. Or at least that's what I've noticed. Yeah. Because I was like, well, okay, time to reload. And so I just reloaded like the save game. Another one of those random things. I'm not even sure how that happened. Same with like leaving my people behind because they thought they were in combat in my safe house. Bro, those are our people. <laughs> like I use the little pointer to to, to tell um, my guys where to go a lot instead of like actually directionally telling them where to go. Them. Yeah. I would just use the pointer and, and click go here, go here, go here, go here. Just like I was on a <laughs> computer. You know, this just typically, you know, I'm going to click to go wherever. I still think this game is meant for computer. Just saying. That's what I felt too. Um, but the unfortunate side to that is my boss boss would run faster than my crew. It would take a second for the processor of the, the game engine to process the actions for each of the people in your party. So the boss would run off following the action that you just told him to do. So if you just said, go attack this building, your boss would run off, start attacking the building, start to go attack the building. And then it would take a second for the game engine to register that for each of the other uh, people in your party. So they may be, oh, I don't know, half a block behind him by the time he gets to the uh, building you're going to attack. And when he gets in there, he may be going in solo. I ran into that a few times. Oh, so, so let me ask you a few questions because, you know, we have very different, um, not only storyline wise, but we have different gaming uh, experience with this game. So if anybody hasn't noticed this so far, we are not, this is not our full-time job. We don't play this game from beginning to end. We don't complete every aspect and then talk about it. We have a two-week segment roughly that we try to involve our, our busy lives with this game and see if it's worth playing for people like us that, you know, maybe get a game every couple months to play. Yeah. And that's a rough ideology of what we do. Yep. So here's one thing I will say. So you played this longer. Did you, is there a max group size you can have? Because you just mentioned like having six people with you. I didn't hire more henchmen. I rolled around with my three all the time. Oh, um, I don't know if there's a max size. I was up to six people because I ended up getting a second row. That's interesting to me. So you could stroll into a building and you could attack with six people and rotate through six options of, yeah. of play. Huh? Yeah. That's how I ended up just wrecking people. Yeah. So it it sounds like a good advice for a new player would be to make sure you hire more henchmen immediately when you can. When you, well, so there's a double-edged sword to that. Be balanced as with everything. So I, I don't want to give tips. I mean, so that, that's where we get into, are we tips in, uh, for strategy games? No, not really. People shouldn't follow my lead ever. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm just here talking. What I did is I just did a balanced approach, right? I I, I took the first, the first three that you got. I, I ran with them for a while and then I got the option to hire uh, a fourth one, uh, a fourth guy. So it would be my boss, two other, the two that you initially 
eventually get and then a fourth fairly close after. And I just wanted a low level, another low level henchman just to, to have with me as for more firepower. Um, so that one I took fairly early. Um, and then I held off for a while. Um, I held off for a while until I got a, another tier up, uh, of henchmen. And so I could get a good, um, solid damage dealing henchman. And then after that, I went for the next tier up and I got a doctor. So I had a doctor oh, okay. in my party. So that way I'd have a doctor with me at all times that could run around and heal people as we took damage. And, and he was also my sniper. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good combination. Yeah. He could roll in the back with a sniper rifle, take people out. And if somebody needed to be healed, he could jet off to them, heal them up. Before we continue, which, man, there's so many of this, so much of this game in, in, in such a good way. So did your... Each boss, each henchman or character, including your boss, had a talent tree. And so, was your third tier? Did you have a healing ability option? Because mine did. No. So I actually picked that up. Which man, that's a trend. That's a trend for mine on gaming. But mine had like a heal, sixty health heal ta- on the talent tree. Nice. So that's something else you pick. And what? So the way your talents work on this game is it takes so many days to learn that talent, and then it you just learn it and you can use it. Um, and as they go, as you get higher up the tier, at least from what I noticed, it takes more days to learn them. But yeah, my third tier ability, I actually took the the heal ability because I thought that'd be really useful. On my boss, my third tier ability was um, similar to your boss ability. It was the, but it was limited to three people. Oh, okay. You could use it and it would target one person. If you killed that person, it would not use an action point and you could target another person. If you killed that person, it would not use an action point and you could target a third person. So it, would, it, get, it was a like a chain kill combo okay. thing. So if you had three low health people, it was an easy way to get three kills chained together. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, you said the combat was not your favorite thing about this game, which it, it wasn't my favorite Just thing. Just because it but- was a whole lot of it. Like for me, there was a whole lot of it because of, like I said, I was kind of forced into that situation. <laughs> <laughs> we were in, we were in completely different boats because I, well, I mean, I, people were trying to start shit with me a lot, but diplomacy kind of won on my side. I was the one really kind of starting shit. Not even like, you know, I, this is, was mine. I was like a luck of the draw. Like, sorry, you're, you're <laughs> going next, buddy. Like I need to take this building over. But why me? I, I don't know. You're the closest building to my place and I'm just, <laughs> your guys look easy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, not to take anybody's man card. Sorry, your guys look easy, man. I don't have to tell you. Like you're you're going down. Yeah. And you sound like you were on the opposite. You're like, man, I'm just out here trying to live and these people won't get off my back. Exactly. See, I'm just That's out so here. Trying- That's so random. I'm just out here trying to make a crime crime organization out here and people are, you know, trying to hunt me down. And did you have other gangs always trying to get you to join in their battle? I had that happen a lot I did. too. So I used that to my benefit. So uh the first time I declined. Then I thought about it a second longer and there was another option that you could do instead of just, so you could accept blindly or you could decline. Um, Those were two options. The third option was, yeah, but sweeten the deal. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. So my, the second time I got that offer, I was like, okay, yeah, but sweeten the deal for me. And so I went in there and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll join you, but you've got to give me every single one of their rackets. Dude, nice. That's how you're, that's how you'll get me to do this. And they accepted. I didn't ask for anything. I said, give me their rackets. And so I took every single racket that came out of that war. And that's what started it. The whole thing, like the whole, well, that that's not what started the whole like comeback. It That's just how I play the games. But that's what started the whole launch for the, towards the 40. Um, that was like the second major war that was declared in the whole game for me is I, I did that and I took out uh, one faction, just wiped them out, took all of their rackets that way. And, uh, and I had that happen one other time. And then after that, anybody who attacked me, I just would take their rackets like normal. See, I, and I feel like those games, like, you know, Civilization, Empire, Earth, those, those kind of games, which I actually really enjoy. 
always have. I feel like I get goaded in so easy. I, I like the dis- diplomacy thing and I try that. But like what happens is it seems like someone sniffs up in my territory on those kind of games like this one. And I just go, yeah, like, th- okay, it happens once. And there's probably like ways I could just choose options around it. It sounds like you tried to. It, I just go, yeah, okay, well, this is what's going to keep happening is they're going to keep saying, why are you in my neighborhood? And I just stop. I just stop explaining. I just go, okay, I'm going to attack that place next. <laughs> and I get goaded in. It happens on every one of those games. And then I'm stuck in this like battle to where you can't really build a whole lot. You know, you, you want to. I'm like, I need to get this stuff built up and then go take over. And it just seems like a back and forth thing. And that's kind of what starts to happen with me on this. See, I would build, um, you could, you could set up, uh, non-aggression packs with people and I would set those up constantly. I, I had like three or yeah, three or four, uh, at least three, uh, organizations that would come to me regularly and set up non-aggression packs. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so luck versus tactic. I think that this game was a lot of strategy. I mean, that's what it is. It's a strategy RPG for sure. A lot of strategy with a good good mix of RNG, just like any other strategy game. There's always yeah, a little of the dice. you're going to run into some luck for sure. Yeah. But that's like unavoidable. I mean, just the play out of numbers. Yep. But it was it was fair. And uniqueness, um, there was elements to this game that were a lot like other games, but as a, as a game that I've played, I mean, I can't even say, so I played Civilization on Switch, what, like a year, year and a half ago maybe? And I can't even say that this was an anywhere near like that. So as even though there's elements from games like that, there's this to me was a fairly unique game. Maybe that's my biased opinion. I, I thought it was kind of unique. It, it sucked me in too because I thought, man, this is a lot different than what I expected. Yeah. I'm a huge civilization fan. I've spent way too many hours playing Civ Six recently uh, over the last year. Uh this isn't just an Empire game. Um, I've played a little bit of uh, SimCity. This isn't just a Sim game where you're, you know, building out a character and having them have relationships. That's part of the game. This is also an RPG. This is a good mix of three different types of games. Like this is very, very weird in, in how it did a lot of things. It it, it combined uh, various elements of three different genres. It, it felt like so. Yeah. I mean, I think we both agree there's some uniqueness there for sure. Yeah. Or a different type. Like I said, even if they did pull elements, they did a good job mixing them together. What about repeatability? Because with, for me, after hearing, I wouldn't have thought that until, I mean, I would have thought I probably would have played this through and built my empire up to like whatever I did. I probably never until you told me how different kind of the storyline was for your character. I don't think I would have ever played another game. I would have went, yeah, it's going to be the same thing again, just with a different named character. Yeah. But now actually kind of hearing yours, it does seem like there's quite a bit of difference on your gameplay versus mine. Yeah. So the underlying thing is you you still have to build an empire. I mean, that's still the basis of the game is building is an empire builder. It's a core strategy. So even though I think the each boss has their own RPG element to them, I don't know that it makes it an, uh, unique enough to make this completely replayable. Like I could see doing it again. Like if you have another character you just want to play, like if you just want to be Al Capone, just to see what they do with Al Capone. That would be cool, but I don't know if you got into maybe your an, another playthrough after that, if you could continue playing on, because you're still going to be just building an empire, and you're still just going to be doing the same things where your boss has you know bonuses, uh, are you going to run speakeasies, are you going to run brothels, what's going to be the backbone of your empire, and how are you going to take out the other other factions? That's just going to be the, the core of a, any strategy game. I do say that with... I've played Civilization many times through, and Civilization is just a strategy game. I just played different, you know, I play that through different times with different strategies in mind. 
I don't know right now, having only played this a little bit, if there's enough ways to vary the strategy to make this a viable, just pure strategy game. I don't know if you can win purely based on diplomacy. Huh, yeah, that would be, I could see that being trouble for the rackets for sure, you know. Right. To acquire, I mean, I guess you can buy those, but to really earn money in that game, it's taking them over. So yeah, that's, I could see, I see what you're saying. And I don't know the format for how this should be done. But if I was to compare it to some of the other games we've done, you know, you get games like, you know, not that we reviewed this, but you get games like Fortnite or Spellbreak. And those games are very like mood based repeatable because you already know nothing's changed from the first match to the last match, mm-hmm. except for how good you can try to do. But those games I would consider repeatable Overwatch, those Call of Duty, whatever, you know, those are people continue to play those. They get bored, they go back, they get bored, they go back, whatever. And then you have games like Spirit of the North. And I'm only saying that. And then it's not a, again. <laughs> Like I always attack that game. I like that game. I don't, I'm not trying to attack that game, but as the games that we've reviewed up to this point, I will probably, once I beat that game once through that has, you said it best, that has zero repeatability to me. Nothing's going to change. Right. There is still something about this game that will change though. You almost couldn't, you couldn't almost duplicate this the same if you tried. It'd be straight, even if you pick the same character, it would be kind of hard to duplicate everything the same because I think there is some kind of live nature to it that things go differently based on what you do and what you say. And I don't know that you could always say it the same. There's avenues or there's options that could change or that could be improved upon. I will say that, like I said, all the, for how little cut, you know, cut scenes or whatever there are, for how little there is of that, the fact that when all my sit downs or all my conversations always were like a kind of a two option deal for me. Like you said earlier, that one was like sweet in the deal. I did see that, but for the most part, most of mine were black and white. Mm-hmm. I'll do it or I won't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it might be easy to kind of choose the same stuff over again, but I still think I'm more likely to play this game again. So I don't think the repeatability is bad. I think the repeatability is a fair amount. I think in a year or two, you were craving a strategy uh, empire building game. You might go, I'm going to play that game again. And I'm gonna, this time I'm going to pick so-and-so and see how it goes. I, I'm not saying that it's not repeatable. I'm just saying it's less repeatable than other strategy games that I've played. Civilization okay. is just the prime example of that. For sure. Civilization, like you can you can pick your strategy and if, if you can figure out how to make that work to generate your outcome, you can make it work. If you, I mean, whatever your strategy is for however the mechanics are, you can apply it to that game. I don't know if it's quite the same in this. Like I said, I don't know if diplomacy is a path that you can win, though it is a path in the game. Unless they come up with enhancements to this game, which I do want to say, they are developing DLCs and they are making their first major expansion, I think, free free for everyone who's got the well, game, cool. right? They are they are adding content. This game just came out in December of last year, tw- December 2020, um, and they are already looking at launching an expansion later this year. With more stuff, more rackets um, to make it, uh, I guess, make it easier to have different strategies for playing the game. So if there are different strategies to winning, this does become a more repeatable game. It's just whenever you have more strategies, a strategy game does become more repeatable for sure. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping for that. It will make it a lot more repeatable and it's a strategy game. I like strategy games, man. I do too. I, like I said, the, I don't even get mad at that. Um, and I don't think it's for everybody, but the combat system being somewhat like a chessboard, you know, you got your yeah. old school RPGs standing in a line, make your moves and then, then they go, then you go, then they go. This does take it to a kind of a little bit next level where you're actually moving around you know, hiding behind stuff and, and choosing kind of what trying to, you're kind of trying to pre-read what they're going to do as well. So, I mean, there's, there's that concept and I do like it, 
but you know, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I do. I really enjoy a strategy game. You know, we've talked about that. We seem to be pretty nice to the RPG strategy world. Yeah. It's kind of how we are, but doesn't mean I don't appreciate everything else as well. You know, we play Overwatch and that's far from, I, I, that was a good, <laughs> that's a good little touch to something that's not, I think, typically in our spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah, for and sure. I, I say that. I guess I played the crap out of Halo 2 online back in the day, but you know, whatever. Yeah, me too. So- is there anything else you would like to add about this game? Because I feel like we've went through kind of the storyline in the beginning, the gameplay, the graphics, the uniqueness, the repeatability, the cost, which for us was free to play because we have the Game Pass um, on Xbox. I do still think it was a game very, very much meant for the PC realm. And that's just because the tabs and the amount of info with the type of alcohol and what your neighborhood likes. And oh my gosh, it kind of goes on and on and on. so much info. And it's not very well organized. No, not perfectly. No. So if I wanted to look at all of my rackets, I couldn't. I had to look at all of my rackets along with everybody else's rackets by neighborhood. If I wanted to just see my rackets, if I only care about my rackets, because I'm 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 specific I'm at the point where I've got more money than I know what to do with. I, I've got money coming in so fast, I can't spend it all. I'm I'm literally at that point. So I'm I'm put, trying to put every penny I get right now into defense. Um, I'm I'm putting security on all of my buildings. So back into a one little thing too, tidbit. You kind of made me think of it for some reason. Maybe it's because you said how like you know the unorganized like or you you know you see you see everybody's rag. It's like a huge list. It can be overwhelming. So I always touch things with the kids. You know, I always kind of like touch into what they'll think of it. This game, I didn't even show them. This game in no way, shape, or form is for anybody. I would say comfortably under the age of like fourteen, probably. I'm not saying kids can't figure it out. This is a teenage and above game. Not for not sure. just for. Not just for not being able to figure it out, like it's it's not just because it's a strategy game, but because of the subject matter. Um, because sure. you're running brothels, you're, brewing, right. you're you know you're <laughs> running distilleries, <laughs> all of that thing, uh, criminal activity. Maybe not yeah, the best kid friendly game. No, you're right. But if you were to like you know strip that away and just look at like the concepts behind how the gameplay works and what you have to read and do, even if you replace that with you know not criminal activity, not brothels <laughs> and you know, which are whorehouses or whatever. Even if you were to strip that away and just use the same concept, this is not, well, civilization, you know, we'll use that as an example. Yeah. That's not a game I'd show the kids and say, hey, check this out. Nah. And this game was no different. It being a, yeah. the, the detailed strategy, it's definitely for an older audience, you know. Yeah. Regardless of the content matter, just the gameplay style. I mean, it's it's one of those ones. You have to, uh, it's a strategy game, man. You have to be a, a, a person who really likes to think. It's not even a, a game that's uh, for every adult even. No, absolutely. Strategy games are a, a thinking person's game. It's a, a it's a person who does like chess, right? It's a person who likes that type of game. The person who likes to grind and gruel over all of the detail. I would just like the details to be presented better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's like a, and this is such a weird like note, but I, it makes me think of like Sherlock Holmes and the idea that, like I want to best the, and that's why I like games this detailed. I like, I want to best everything in such a small detail and, and read it and foresee and be ahead of it by such small little encounters, you know? And that's why I did with like civilization as well. I really tried to get ahead of everybody around me and I did the same with this. I just didn't play it long enough to get definitely not as far as you did. I think that's really awesome. You had 40 some rackets. I think I literally had like 12 or 13. 
tops. <laughs> I was just on that precipice of, uh, you know, like breaking out maybe. And you're like, I'm already there. I'm already, I already own Chicago. Thanks. I was, uh, I was just about to start deciding whether or not I needed to focus on my, my original neighbor. So what was your original neighborhood? My original Oof. neighborhood was Chinatown. Oh my gosh. That's so different. Mine was something alley. So, oh man, you would ask me that. I don't know if they make it like um, bound to your character, like your character starts in it. Like, I don't know if Al Capone starts in Little Italy or, or the South Loop. Or do you think it's just or, built when you start your game, kind of like Civilization does their maps? It might be like that. Like, it you might just it be just random random chance and you just get place in place. I have no huh. clue. I, I don't know if it's tied to the character in any way, shape, or form. I wouldn't know that unless I started a new game with uh, Salazar. But that's where I started. I started in Chinatown. I didn't know if I need to start focusing on my beginning town and just uh, take out everybody. The only problem with that is it would put me in direct contention with the number three uh, faction, which doesn't, I mean, it, it number three compared to me. So like uh, I've got 40 rackets. That is more than the first four, the next four factions combined. Oh, okay. In my game. Yeah. So that's, that's how far ahead of them I am at this point. Wow. Okay. So if you were to add a couple notes to this positive or negative, what would you say? Um, so I originally thought this was going to be a little bit harder than it was because I didn't see a whole lot of cash flow coming in um, when you first start out. And honestly, if if it didn't come down to I just took over everybody's rackets, that seems like it's the only that's the that's like the there's one path. If you just take over everybody else's rackets, like even if they come at you, like if you don't go be aggressive, but if they come at you first and then you take their aggression, they're declaring war on you as the opportunity to take their stuff um, because that doesn't affect you negatively with the rest of the other factions. You know, they started the encounter with you. And then so your rating with the other factions that are not in that war doesn't get impacted. That's where I, that's why I do this. So <laughs> that's what don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. <laughs> my boy, my boy, Jesse whooping up on him. That's hilarious. <laughs> I guess if I was gathering what you were saying, it, it would be, you would like to see a little bit more strategy or evidence that there's a little bit more you can do to win it out instead of just yeah, taking over rackets more strategies it seems like there is one dominant strategy right now and that is be brutal that is the dominant strategy i mean that might be fitting to the time maybe that's kind of what they were going for with the whole mob boss thing because i feel like that kind of says a lot but then that makes the game very simplistic for sure and it doesn't make it a true strategy game i have one one mode for the game and that is go in murder everyone win that's, that's not a strategy game. It's not, there's no strategy. Okay. So is there any other points you'd like to make? I mean, you think that's like your- That's my that's my biggest takeaway. Like if, I, I don't know that that's true. I'm just saying from my experience through the gameplay, because of how it started out, how it was paced originally, not earning very, like when you first start off, you're in negative income. Yeah. I mean, you're very in the hole uh, for a long time. Uh, it takes a while. Like you have to play through the RPG side of it to get income. If you don't do that, then you, you won't go anywhere. And then from there, I started taking over enough rackets that I I started generating income then. I wonder if that's a difference of storyline because I feel like I came out of the gate with like $30,000. Oh, I came out of the gate with nothing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm almost like positive because what I did was that's what, so my storyline, I won't spend a lot of time on this. My storyline was like the city councilman thing. I was trying to fight for that and I'm dealing with the mayor and he's kind of being a, a fucking cock. Excuse my language. But it's just the undertone that you get when talking to him. And you have like $30,000. And the first thing I did was I upgraded my main brewery because it says like, you know, just reading what they're saying, like for even from the tutorial, it's like the, the blood life, like the blood of your 
of your uh, empire is this alcohol. So I was like, cool, upgrade the brewery, everything into the brewery. And you could do the little like speed up, you know, before the, that might've been before the update, you could speed up the, yep, the deals. And so I was speeding that up. Oh dude. And then like the third main storyline mission or whatever, damn cops came, took it over. And he's trying to get me to do more shit to get it back. I'm like, ah. That's why you had $30,000 to start off with is because they're going to take it. That's part of your story. Mm-hmm. So you start off with thirty grand to build your stuff. Then they take it all away from you. They did too. Yeah. Well, I took the brewery anyway. And so then your your main storyline for my guy was to go fight this casino and get the stuff out of it, Um, which I guess they knew that he was hiding like fifty grand in this casino. And I'm sure there was other ways to go about it, but I did the very like, hey, I'm playing this game for a review. I need to hurry. Let's just go down and shoot some guns and win. <laughs> Ran down there and did that, took the money. And then, you know, the options for dialogue, I like made sure that I got my cut out of it. So it really didn't end up, it was a wash in the end of it. I got my 30 grand total and got my brewery back that was mostly upgraded all the way to like, I think almost every category in that brewery I had spent had it upgraded to like level four. Yeah. So I had like really been upgrading that brewery. So, but no, my, so my point, so that was your point would be the strategy part of it being, you know, making sure it's not just about taking over rackets or whatever, or that that's like, you know, being brutal is like the main dominant strategy point. Mine was the kind of the buggy glitchy nature. And I guess knowing the pause button exists for pause time might help on some of the other issues I had. But as far as like the buggy glitchy stuff, I mean, like I said, I felt kind of pushed constantly and that might've been the pause time button. Um, so yeah. my thing would be fix some of the bugs, work some of that out, uh, smooth it over a little bit. But other than that, it was, I mean, I had a lot of fun playing the game. There was, um, well, so the pause button wasn't the pause time button on Xbox. Even it wasn't the necessary, wasn't the, the normal like pause button. It wasn't the settings button on the control. It was the share button. Huh. So it was on, it was on the left side of the controller. That was the button that you were pushing. Yeah. See, I, I didn't even know that. Like I said, and this happens all the time. I feel like you do a better job of kind of exploring stuff a little bit more than I do because I didn't know that existed at all. I was just like, I going. knew that without something to stop time, I was not going to be able to, I mean, you're just not gonna be able to play the game. Like you have to No, be able to you stop. spend so much time working on stuff and you as, as you're read. doing that, you're getting stuff popping up on your screen. Yeah. I mean, even that stuff that pops up on the screen, you have to read like you would go through a combat and then the number of messages that you come that you come out of out of a combat like you take over a racket the number of messages that can come up on your screen is ridiculous you might yeah, have it's like 10, game 20, time yeah. inside the game 10 days had passed by the time you got done dealing with who just taken over that racket right yeah you know, that's happened to me every time and then there's more stuff popping up and they're like i'll come do this go do this this guy's attacking you this guy wants this i'm like dude whoa whoa just because I'm trying to start a gang and empire in, in Chicago doesn't mean I need all this attention. Like, calm down. I'll get there. Like, chill out. One guy got super pissed because I never met him. You know, yeah. Whatever. Never had a sit down with him because I'm like, man, I'm like, I run out of time. I don't have time <laughs> for that. So, well, anyway, I, I do feel like there's a lot of positivity in this review. Um, I mean, I definitely had fun. And I, I kind of feel like from as much as I saw you logged on and just <laughs> texting you, I think you did enjoy it. I think there was parts of it you definitely enjoyed. And I can never recall this. Uh, mostly because there's always a chunk of time before we get to record these. Who reviewed the game on the last episode first? Uh, I'm pretty sure who, I did. Who gave the rating first? I, I'm pretty sure I did, but I can go again. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. I don't mean to argue, but hold on. You mean to tell me on... Dragon Age Origins. Yeah, Dragon yeah. Age Inquisition. Our Inquisition, yeah. But yeah. You're still messing sure. that up. You went first on that one? I'm pretty sure. Huh. If that's the case, I'll go first. I, I honestly don't care. I'll go again. I'll be a gentleman. That's no, fine. I'll right. go again. All about being a gentleman. I'll go again. <laughs> okay, fine. You're this. I never hear you argue for that. So sure, absolutely. If you're willing to go first, then you go first. So I want to hear your rating first. Yeah. So I'm kind of breaking this one down to 
its core essentials when I give it its rating in that it's it's kind of just a strategy game in the in the end. I think the the extras they throw on top of it, making it a a sim game with some uh, XCOM features for combat, uh, with all of the Empire stuff behind it, with the RPG aspect for your bosses, all of that's just icing on the cake. But in the end, it's still a strategy game. Uh, no matter how you dice it up, it's still going to be a strategy. And as far as strategy games go, it's not perfectly executed. But it's pretty darn good. It's definitely worth checking out. I honestly, I don't think I would have ever even given this a chance. I would have never even uh, looked at this twice had we not reviewed this. I, I can promise you, just looking at it, it's too corny for me to even. Dude, if there's one skill I have, it's getting you out of your comfort zone for sure. <laughs> yeah, because I honestly would have never even checked this thing out. It just doesn't look like anything I would touch. But it was definitely worth playing. I, I I did enjoy playing it. I put a lot of time into it, actually. I probably would go put some more time into it. Um, I, I'd probably rate this at probably about a, a 7.1. Uh, it's it's pretty okay. decent. It's pretty decent. It's it's not as good as um, other Empire Builders. It's not as good as like a Civilization game uh, or other Empire Builders that you've played. But if you like strategy games, it's a pretty decent take on a strategy game. It's got some things that are unique for strategy games. If you play strategy games... Definitely check this one out. It's it's huge. It's got enough to keep your interest or at least give you a good run through for one. So I didn't know that this would I didn't wasn't sure if this would ever happen. And I'm gonna just so everybody knows, we you know we talk transparency and we talk like truths and all that. I promise you, on my left nut, I sat down. I usually don't do this until I don't really go over like a rating until we sit down. Sometimes I'll think I'll have a number in my head immediately or soon after, and it kind of changes and varies, and then I I hear your arguments and I think about mine and I think more about the game and it kind of, you know, sways a little bit. And sometimes I give ranges and blah, blah, blah. I'm not making this up. The last time I got off of this game, I was like, this might be the last time I get to play before we record. What am I going to rate this game? And I'm, I'm not in no way kidding. 7.1 is exactly <laughs> what I rated this game. I swear, not even kidding. Nice. And I went, so when you said that, that's kind of funny. And I, you know, I don't need to go over a bunch of variables. I, the, the only negatives... This game, to me, no matter how perfectly executed, may not be able to be a 10 because of some things that like falter it or whatever. It could definitely go up. But I think the only thing that docks it down below an eight, and it's kind of a big hit, is that worrying about my saves. And, you know, like that, it was kind of this weird, reminding me of the old school memory card situation. I don't know if you ever had that happen, like the old school, like PlayStation, and you'd have a memory card get wiped, and you're like, oh, my Final Fantasy game with 80 hours on it's gone. Like, I kind of had that weird fear. Because when my guys went kind of combat, I was like, man, am I really going to have to restart this game? That I take a big hit on my interest in that because of that that little bit of fear because time's valuable to me, sir. Yeah. And when I was worried about having to start a new game, I went, yeah, that really kind of makes me not like this game. Now, I didn't have to. I was able to fix the problem, but that I can't take away that that happened for a while. Yeah. And so the reason it was, I originally was probably going to be higher and closer to eight, a little above eight until the buggy, glitchy issues that kind of got me more, a little bit more phobia now of saving multiple saves and worrying about it. So 7.1 is where I land as well. And I think that's funny too, that we had a game finally land on the same number. I think that's hilarious, <laughs> but well, sir, I, I think that's pretty good. Uh, let's break into this beer from uh, goose Island beer co. All right. So the beer has been uh, going down very quickly, <laughs> uh, knocked out all three of those. 
only 4.2% alcohol. So that's rehydration level. That's for hot summer day sweating. You can rehydrate on 4.2% for sure. Yeah. Guys, I'm not speaking scientific fact either. So don't like quote that or nothing. <laughs> but probably high on the calories uh, because this thing is very sweet. Wow. Um, that, that would probably be my one knock on it. I think it's a little bit, it probably was a little bit too lemonade for me. Really? Yeah, just a little bit. Knowing just a that hair. you like the grapefruit shandies and stuff, I feel like this was a lot less sweet and a little bit more beer. It's actually why I enjoyed it more. It wasn't so not beer beer. It was more beer and a little bit of lemonade. I don't know. It's been a while since I've had the grapefruit shandy, but I think this was more lemonade than the grapefruit. I would be interesting. It would, I would be very interested to have you go back now and try those because to me, sir, those are a lot more like candy in your mouth. If a seltzer wasn't carbonated and gross, that's how I look at those like grapefruit shandies and stuff. Not that they're bad. They just don't remind me of beer. This reminds me of beer with like a 20, 30% lemonade mixed in. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Whereas the, sh- the shandies I've had other times, I've, and I'm not going to say any names or any of that stuff, the shandies I've had prior has been more like a 60, 40, 60 lemonade, 40 beer. This is more like a 70, 30 or a 25, 75. Um, that's actually, I really enjoyed this. And I've had a couple of people try this. They didn't know I was going to review it. They actually offered it to me and I had to turn them down because I told them I didn't want to try it before our review because I'd like to be a little bit more organic. And they actually had me a little bit concerned because they were like, oh, it's not that good. It's not that good, which tells me now maybe they were expecting less beer flavor. At least that's the vibe I got. Whereas I got a good beer flavor and some lemonade. So I really enjoy it. I don't know. Maybe I was just expecting it to be a little bit less sweet. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a fan of like super sweet lemonades either, though. I'm a fan of a little bit more tart lemonade. More tart? Yeah. I feel like I am too, but maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Um, we'll have to compare those on just lemon. We'll do a lemonade testing sometimes. <laughs> you know? There you go. I actually know a couple of places we could go do that at. Um, Start our podcast on lemonade reviews. Yeah, for sure. Which is kind of funny. Lemonade. I actually have something to talk about at the end of this that's kind of ties back into lemons, but we'll get into that. Um, and so this guy named John Hall, I believe that if I'm not cr- uh, incorrect on that, this guy named John Hall was going around for, for work, went around Europe and tried different beers. And pretty much said, came back and said, hey, Chicago deserves a, a damn good beer like that. Let's make one. And, and kind of invented this company and made it. Uh, in like 1988, he got this rolling. And so by like 95, it was really kicking off. I think he opened up another big bottling plant, another brewery, maybe even a pub, and just kept it going in the craft beer world. And, and he really got that from his experience over. He like The way I read it was that he, when he traveled over there for work, he just tried every different beer that he could find. And by 2011, that's when Anheuser-Busch took it over, but it must have been a big deal for a company as big as Anheuser to, to purchase this in 2011. But it seems like they're just still continuing that same kind of spirit out of Chicago, you know, craft beers, good beers. Um, another one of those things on my bucket list now, I, you know, you know, my father-in-law's bucket list is like to see a football game in like every stadium and I can fully res- you know, appreciate that and respect that. But it seems like my bucket list is becoming filled with breweries I want to try <laughs> all over the United States now. And I'm not against that. I hope that we, you know, maybe you and I get to do that as we get older and hopefully have more money in our pocketbooks. For sure. We'll have to take that up sometime. Start off with the uh, road trip to uh, St. Louis. St. Or Springfield. Louis yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, keep it local. Make it a little bit cheaper for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, I, you did review or rate the the game first. Um, before I give a rating, do you have any notes to say about this besides you think it's a little bit too sweet? Um, this is kind of a combination based off of their 312 wheat ale. Is that correct? Yep. So it's, uh, kind of a, 
So from their website, it's a, their take on their 312 wheat ale and Italian lemon ice. So yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, and that's probably a little bit where the sweeter flavor does come from. It does have that lemony pop to it. It just um, maybe it's a little bit too sweet and not a, not enough tart for me just because, like I said, I, I think it was just a little bit too sweet. But other than that, it, it does go down great. And after being outside in the heat, I could definitely see having these outside during the summer. Um, these are going to be perfect outside. Dude, I think maybe not during the day, but if you were over and we were going to, we did a bunch of shit or whatever happened, happened. And it was like getting to be evening time on your back deck or my back deck either way. And we break these out and pour them in some ice cold, like chilled mugs. I think they'd be great. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I'm actually really impressed with this. And I've had other Goose Island products and they're okay, but that I really enjoyed this to be honest with you. It does actually give me a little bit more interest in their just straight 312 wheat ale. Like, I, I do want to just check that out now For sure. um, based on on this uh, lemonade shandy. If it's based on that, maybe that with just a lemon twist is enough for me. Maybe this yeah. that's where it was just a bit too much. <laughs> Which I think, it's, I think it's funny because a lot of people put lemon in their wheat beers and you and I tended to go with orange. Yeah. That seems to be one of our... Uh, Little elements we like. But okay, so I'll rate this first. I give this a strong 7.7. It's not above an 8, and that's mostly because I just don't... I'm trying to think about when I would drink it and how often and how much I enjoyed it and different things like that. And yeah, 7.7. And I I mean, I, super drinkable to me. I would I would buy these again. Absolutely buy these again. So I'm going to say a 7.7. I'm pretty happy with that. Cool. I, I will say this. Expectations. And people lowered mine on this... And so maybe that I'm hoping that doesn't have like a part of this, but people acted like they, this wasn't, they weren't impressed with this. I'm actually thoroughly impressed. I really enjoyed this beer. I'm, and I think it shows you drank all three years. That doesn't happen every time. Yeah. I mean, I may have been dehydrated too. So I was trying <laughs> to get fluid in me, but you know. Just getting that rehydration on that 4.2. <laughs> I got that. Uh, I can respect it. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit lower than a 7.7, um, just because it's a little bit too sweet for me. Um, I don't know that it's too much lower than that though. I'm trying to think. It is definitely better than some of the stuff we've tried before. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to get the scale out in my head, you know. Like I gotcha. put it up there, weigh things out and uh think of where I, I should be putting this. And I I honestly, and I'll just give you my my tip for this, like what I did in my head as I went, what's the percentage chance that if he came down or I had friends over that I would go buy this and have my cooler full of this on a hot summer day? Or, or like nowadays, that's honestly what I kind of did in my head. And I went, man, that's actually kind of high, high likely that actually. So part of me went, uh, I could probably have Brandy try this. Um, really? Yeah. It was that Dude, that's always says a lot to me. Um, because it was that not beery tasting to me. Uh, not, not saying that it would be that beer tasting that had that much beer flavor to her because she really doesn't like beer at all. Dude, like, that raw berry from Angry Sweet <laughs> Brewery for yeah. me. That she drank that, that is like phew, huge. I never would have guessed that. That's exactly. awesome. She liked that so much. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that I that I even think that I could have had her try one of these and she drink it. Um, it says a lot. And so that's why I think it's 7.3. It's not too much lower than what where you're at. But I think just because I think it's a little bit too sweet for me, I wish it was just a, a hair less sweet, a little bit more tart. Um, it would it would probably be just perfect. But it, it is really good. It, I mean, like. I did drink all three of them. They went down real quick. <laughs> all right. Well, huh, that kind of wraps up most of our reviews and ratings. I would just like to say again, if you guys get a chance, follow us on uh, Facebook or Instagram, the monologues page on Facebook or at the monologues on Instagram. 
Uh, I do also want to mention, uh, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever you're listening on. Uh, just uh, get us some follows out there. Uh, also, I would like to do a shout out for a couple thank yous. Um, let's kind of start with Angry Suit Brewery, actually, because they have been great about uh, not only like sharing content, talking to me about content, putting stickers out for me. Uh, Mike, that guy that brews, he's just super good. He's super nice all the way around, makes great beer. Not that I know that everybody listens on here uh, is local to us, but if you're in the St. Joseph area, checking out Angersuit Brewery would not hurt you at all. It is super good beer. Uh, and another one's actually another podcast I ran into from the same area, and that's uh, Evan Clemens. He's given me good feedback. He's listened. Uh, he's got a podcast, Lemons with Clemens, uh, and he's a really good guy. I think he's done great helping out. And then, of course, my wife for every night when she hears me not only talk about this nonsense because she's got to be sick of it by now, but also because... You know, when I got the second batch of stickers uh, from a boy, Chad, you know, we've had to do a lot of snipping, a lot of cutting those out. And she <laughs> has not argued or complained once. She has just been gung ho about helping. So that's my three thank yous for sure for this episode. Uh, and I just like to throw that out there that I appreciate all the help and support. That doesn't mean they're the only ones supporting us or helping us. There's several people and I don't know when we'll get to them all, but I will definitely try. All righty. So. Uh, next time on the monologues, we have Raji and Ancient Epic from Nodding Heads Games, and Incarnation IPA from Four Hands Brewing Company. All right, so that that game there is going to be on the Switch. So we're jumping platforms, even. Yes, I'm actually really happy about that. It kind of works out timing for me perfectly that that's on Switch. So if you like drinking or you like gaming, join us next time on the monologues.